This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. This week, one of the rituals of science featuring the iconic early morning phone call. I first thought this is probably an elaborate prank done by people in my group. But then it sounded a little bit too serious to me. So I sort of accepted the fact. That's Dr. Savante Pabo. He's the director of the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Leipzig and winner of this year's Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine. The prize committee awarded the prize, quote, for his discoveries concerning the genomes of extinct hominins and human evolution. What that means? He found that genes from ancient Neanderthals reside in people today. So what we do is to look for the genetic material for DNA from people who have lived here long before us and try to see how they are related to us and how they are related to other forms of humans that were also here, such as Neanderthals. He's been a guest on this program several times over the years. Back in 2017, I talked with Dr. Pabo about his work on trying to pin down the answer to the question, how much of our DNA comes from Neanderthal ancestors? He spoke to me by phone. How many people are descendants of Neanderthals then? Well, so everybody whose genetic roots are outside Africa are partly descended from Neanderthals. So there are billions of people in the order of six, seven billion people who actually carry parts of the genome of Neanderthals today. And how did, how did we come to that uh, 2% number and then raising it? Back in 2014, we published a high-quality Neanderthal genome, but that genome came from southern Siberia, so very far east in the distribution of Neanderthals. So we were, of course, aware that that genome was not really close geographically to where Neanderthals probably met early modern humans when they came out of Africa. So what we have now done is to sequence a genome from southern Europe, from Croatia, that is also closer in time to when that interbreeding might have happened. It's between 50 to 65,000 years old. And indeed, we can show that this individual from which its genome comes was quite substantially closer related to the Neanderthals that interbred with modern humans than the Siberian one. And that results in that we can identify more pieces, more fragments of DNA in people today that come from Neanderthals in the order of 10-15% more than we had earlier. That's in the order of 4 million more base pairs per individual hmm. that we identify. Are, are we more interested then in the Neanderthals because we want to know about them or because what they can tell us about who we are? Well, I would say that I would be interested in both things. Of course, it is quite interesting to know what aspects of our physiology today derive from Neanderthals, in what ways do they live on in us, if you like. But these variants may also allow us, at least in the future, to tell us more about what they were like. Hmm. So, so how is it that uh, just two genetic sequences, we're talking about two Neanderthals now, tell us so much about a whole species of hominid? Well, um, of course, that is because when you have a whole genome from an individual, you have, of course, two, two versions of that genome, the version that individual inherited from the mother and from the father. So we, 
when we are sequenced to high quality now, so we see both chromosomes in an individual, we have four genomes in reality. And we can then get a fairly good idea, particularly when they come from different parts of the distribution, uh, geographic distribution like this, of the variation in the species. Mm -hmm. How come you were able to get such a good, high-quality sequence? Well, so we have looked through a lot of bones. So from this site in, in Croatia, this cave, we have analyzed 19 different bone fragments to identify the ones that have the most Neanderthal DNA, but at the same time the lowest proportion of bacterial DNA in the bones from soil bacteria that lived in a bone when it was in the ground. So this particular bone, there were parts of it that up to 10% of the DNA actually were of Neanderthal origin. And then we use techniques that we have developed in our lab over, over 20 years now to extract as efficiently as possible the DNA, process it in a way that we can feed it into sequencing machines, and then map it to the human genome, see where these short fragments we get will mm. fit in the genome. Dr. Dr. Pabo, what are you working on now? Do you have anything in the pipeline that you're sequencing? So one direction is to try to go back further in time. So the oldest sort of hominin remains we've been able to get tiny amounts of DNA from is over 400,000 years old. That's some early Neanderthal ancestor from Spain. So we're trying to get more DNA there. And the other direction is to try to understand What's special about modern human genomes? What are those variants that made it possible for us and not the Neanderthals to develop technology and culture that allowed us to expand and colonize the whole world and compete mm -hmm. so successfully and detrimentally for, in the, from the point of view of these other hominins that became extinct? On Monday, Dr. Pabo compared his work to an archaeological dig. What really drives our work is really curiosity, I would say. It is just as if you do an archaeological excavation to find out about the past, we sort of make excavations in the human genome. What my own group and my biggest interest is actually to study the genetic differences between present-day people and our closest relatives and Neanderthals, particularly genetic changes that exist in everybody today or almost everybody. And then that may be important for why modern humans became so no numerous, formed big societies, and so on. Dr. Svante Pabo, winner of this year's Nobel Prize for Physiology or Medicine. Congratulations to all of this year's winners. We hope to talk with more of them in the weeks ahead. I'm Ira Flato, and this is Science Friday from WNYC Studios.